Hey. All right, dude. Um, I'm bringing her in, dude. This is Survivor, presented by the Joe Blow Football Show. I'm Jamie G. Esquire the fifth. He's Magna Mills, and this is the 2021 Survivor wrap up. It's a wrap. We did just do 18 weeks of NFL Survivor in a row, so here we are to break it all down. We're going to look at how we did, what we did right, what we did wrong, and I'm proud to say that I'm the champion of the sun. Whoa! As I edged out Magna Mills and two of the three characters. Mills, I love you, my brother, but I got you on two out of three. Just by a smidge. But every yeah, inch counts. You got me on the night man and the day man. Good thing you know you got the characters and not the categories. But anyways, to, to, I gotta say, man, you are you are the dude. You're the, you're truly a master of karate and friendship for everyone. And you had 33 total correct picks over the course of the season to my 29. You got two more fades right than I did and two more locks right than I did. And we did not award a point for the tie, which I had one of you had zero ties. You know, it's crazy. I missed on two locks this season. They were both the Dallas Cowboys. So, you know, shame on me. I really should have seen their first round play- playoff collapse coming. I mean, I'm just, it was already written. It told me the answer, dude. It was, it was written on the paper. Yeah, dude, fool you twice. Won't get fooled again, right? Like you're the who over there. And, you know, the Cowboys got you in week nine when they were, remember, they, they all of a sudden they just got absolutely smoked by the Broncos, like randomly out of fucking nowhere. I think that was the week after they won into Minnesota and won with the with Cooper Rush, with the backup quarterback in on Sunday Night Football and everything. So that one was unexpected. And then the other one, I fucking hate defending the Cowboys, but this knocked me out of a survivor league. And that's on Thanksgiving when they got fucked by the refs and they lost in overtime on a field goal, I think, with Daniel Carlson there or whatever. Fucking brutal, dude. I believe each team had like 14 penalties called on them. There was a bullshit pass interference call at the end of that game. So, you know, especially because the Cowboys could have won that game and still got knocked out in the playoffs just fine. So, yeah, and unfortunately, I would uh, Cowboys should have had that one, I think. I was dumb enough to take the Cowboys. Um, <laughs> what's your excuse, Mills? I mean, seriously, I'm blaming my my aptitude here. Fuck, you're not wrong, dude. Like, you're not wrong. Like, I started out the year right away, boom. Did the same thing, lost an overtime game to the Raiders, but that was, you know, with the Ravens there in week one. Who would have thunk that? Then in week four, I had the Saints, who lost an overtime to the fucking Giants. And then my other thoughts, I had week 11, I had the Titans at home, and they lost to the fucking Texans. Like, yeah, the overtime losses, especially week one, that shit's going to happen, but... Uh, you know, maybe you could have done something different, but as far as that Titans loss, that was one of those, you know, there were a couple of those this year where you looked at it and you're just like, there's no fucking way. There's no fucking way the Texans are winning that game. And guess what? It was like life in Jurassic Park or whatever. That shit found a way. That made me laugh, dude. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, that's one of those things. I mean, the only way you probably could have got off them is if you just went out of your way to say, like, I am going to avoid the most popular team every week, no matter what. I think that's the only way, realistically, I would have gotten off them there because that was, you know, the Titans weren't great, too. It didn't look like you have a ton of options, you know, to use them if you still had them at that point. So that one was what we would like to call the no-brainer because it took no brain to do it, and you had no brain left when they lost. 
We did not make deep picks in week one, but after that, Mills and I both went 10 for 17 on our deep picks. 59% doesn't look incredibly impressive, but remember, we're taking teams that most other entries aren't even considering. We'll touch on this a little bit when we talk about lessons learned, but I think hitting on these deep picks is a crucial aspect of winning the larger field survivor tournaments. In 60% on teams that you would never pick, I think that's pretty damn good. Yeah, no, I'm not complaining. I get you about the you know the rate percentage if you were playing poker or something like that. That's probably one of the few ways you could have gotten off a, a spot like the Titans losing to the Texans or the uh, Bengals losing to the Jets we saw this year too, amongst the other big upsets. And probably brings us into our fades. And I just want to highlight the fact that Jamie G went seven of 18 on his fades. I went five of 18. Not bad. Again, we're picking big favorites and trying to get off them, but seven of 18, that's pretty impressive. And, you know, I just want to say that you're supposed to hit the locks. That's kind of the deal. In theory, like the locks should hit every week. When it doesn't happen, usually some shit happens. But, you know, one of the keys I think that we'll talk about in our strategy section here is that really if you can kind of come through with a few deep picks here and then a couple of well-timed phase, yeah, and then you throw in, you know, the locks here or there, you don't want to get queued every week. But I think that's really, you know, the key for winning a survivor league, not necessarily just picking the right order to take all of your locks in. Yeah, no, no doubt. Appreciate the shout out there. I mean, that's, that is tough business, man, when you're, when you're picking against a lock that everyone else wants. Tough to do. Proud of us for that one. Hopefully you followed along all season. Before we get into some overall thoughts on lessons learned and possible strategies, anything else you want to touch on here, Mills? Yeah, you know, I kind of like, I'm you know, a little bit of like, I'm not a closet. I'm just a stat head, basically. So I want to, you know, again, touch on a couple things because I heard she likes that. But I just want to break down real quick here. Like JBG and I each took one team three times as our lock. As we discussed earlier, Jamie G took the Cowboys three times, went one and two. I took the Ravens three times, went two and one with the one loss being that week one overtime loss to the Raiders. And Jamie G loved taking the Steelers as his D pick, took them three times, and they went three and oh. And the Steelers weren't that impressive that year. So, dude, nice fucking job there. I mean, you got a secret Big Ben jersey in your closet somewhere. Is it like Max Romo jersey? You're only wearing it when no one's watching or something like that. Uh, personally, I did not take any one team more than twice as my deep, so nothing to really look at there. And on the fade side, I took the Titans three times, went one and two on them. Again, dude, I couldn't, I couldn't pick him as my lock. I couldn't pick him as my fade. I've been dying trying to figure out what to do with them in my playoff bracket. So yeah, dude, I sucked at figuring out the Titans this year. And then finally talk about like, just like bullying, just picking on somebody. Jamie G just wanted to take fucking lunch money for the Los Angeles chargers as much as he could like getting back on the escalator, stealing the lunch money, dude faded them five times. And he went four in one on the fades, dude. Like, dude, I mean, Jamie, seriously, like, did you, was there any real, did you have like some, I mean, honest insight or was that just blind luck or kind of what made you go against the Chargers so often and that made you so successful doing it? Part of it is just a, uh, a, a little bit of bad blood that I have. It was probably 2014, 2015, maybe 16, somewhere in that time frame. I was real deep in Survivor and it was a $7,000 pull. Um, the, the poll on this thing was, was large, right? I mean, it was like six, 68, 75 or 68, 80, something like that. So it was almost seven grand and it was me and one other guy. I decided not to split because I had the chargers, which were seven or eight point favorites. And they, man, did they ever royally screw me? And, and I lost because of that. And this other asshole won the seven grand. Then fast forward a year later, 
I made the same mistake again. Two years in a row, I got burned dirty by the Chargers. And I said, never again. And I just, you know, they were just too damn streaky. Their high was was way up to the moon and their low was basically chilling with freaking Lucifer and them, dude. So I just couldn't, I just couldn't ever trust them. And I just got right on picking the spots, you know, and, and some of that's a little bit of luck. Some of it is bad blood. And some of it's just a little bit of the science that we that we have here on the Joe Blow football show with our survivor segment. Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty good. And it's kind of funny because they've changed everything. They changed cities, stadiums, quarterbacks, coaches. Like, are they like cursed? Like, I mean, do they were they originally on an ancient burial ground and they like transported it with them or something like how the Yankees like brought like original bricks of Yankee stadium over to the, the new Yankee stadium. I mean, there is some real Scooby-Doo level shit going on there. Like there, there really might be a, a mass villain at a haunted amusement park somewhere here. You know, well, but I think you said it best there though, when you did kind of say like, yeah, you just got a little bit lucky because I think that's one thing that we definitely learned this season is sometimes it's just as important to be lucky as it is to be good. When we talk about missing something like, the Bengals against the Jets or the Titans against the Texans. You didn't know that was happening. If you didn't get caught there, you got fucking lucky. And unfortunately, can't really teach it. You can't know when it's going to happen. But if you're going to win any decent-sized Survivor League, you probably are going to have to get lucky a couple of times. We're up all night to get lucky. And if it wasn't for you pesky kids, we would have gotten away for it. I think that puts a nice, beautiful, shiny bow, something real nice, Clark, but a nice bow on our picks for 2021. And if it wouldn't be too much, I'd like to get something for you, Clark. Something really nice. What can we take away from our 2021 leagues to help us be the final survivor in the 2022 Survivor Leagues? That's right. We're already thinking about it. We're already missing it. And we're about to do two-a-days to make sure we're ready and prepared to win next year's Survivor Leagues. And I think the key is here, we want to talk about this now while it's still fresh in our minds, as opposed to like next August being like, so what happened last season again? And, you know, like I said, the getting lucky thing is definitely with the parody in the NFL. They love it. The any given Sunday thing. You're just going to have to be aware that it seems there's going to be a couple of these monster upsets every year. So, you know, there's a couple of things you can do. One thing I think is that you really want to probably try to multi-enter survivor contests if you can. I mean, think about it. if you're running a single entry, you have to get lucky way more times than you do if you have three entries in that contest, because then you have two landmines you can hit. You had $100 to spend. I would probably rather put four entries of $25 each in a contest or two entries of $50 each than do one entry at $100. Again, you're not going to make, unless you're in some pool that plays out multiple places, you're never going to be able to cash out more than one of those entries. All you're trying to do is win the biggest pot possible. And even though there's going to be more money, most likely in that $100 league, your odds of winning it are a lot less when you only have that single bullet because this is Survivor. There are no mulligans. You know, you're playing with fucking hand grenades here. You get your arm blown off, you dead. You know, you don't get to respawn and do it again unless you have multiple entries. So again, don't ever put more in than you can afford to lose because this money is going to be tied up for months too, even if you win. And I would just say, don't try to be a hero and be like, I'm going to do, you know, three different $100 entry contests. No, if you can put three $100 entries in the one contest, don't try to take over the world because if you spread it out in different contests, you're going to have some overlap or whatever. Just try to, you know, pick one contest, win that. If you have enough bankroll and, and time to do two, do two. But do not spread yourself too thin here. Try to multi-enter whenever possible. Yeah, I agree, Mills. You're right. I mean, it's so hard to be right and have that certain amount of luck 15, 16, 17, 18 weeks in a row. 
And in a lot of these leagues, even though it's becoming more and more difficult to pick because of the parity of the league, players, us, people in these leagues are getting a lot better. And so, you know, we really have to be thinking about that. I like having two or three entries per week. It gives you a chance to hedge some of your bet, get into the season because, you know, those first four weeks or so are really hard. Week one is like, geez, man, that, that is, that is like dangerous. It's scary. It sucks. You never know what can happen. You're basing everything on preseason, which you should never do. And last year, very difficult to kind of assess how teams are going to be fluky shit happens. So, you know, I, I like the idea of, of multi-entering. I agree with that. I think that's absolutely something you should do again, provided you can afford it, provided you have the heart and the stones for it. If you're going to play survivor, I would at least get two or three if you can. Another thing to consider is how your strategy changes throughout the season. You would think that you want to take more risks towards the end of the season, but I, I think it's actually the other way around here. The best way to avoid some of these huge favorites losing is to try to go with some of the deep picks early in the season. Make it a point to fade one or two of the teams that you think will be least owned. You don't need to pick the Texans to beat the Titans. You just have to avoid picking the Titans. Getting knocked out early sucks, but you're playing to win. It doesn't matter if you get knocked out in week one or week 10 if you don't win. We play to win the game. So that's why we spent a lot of time this season on the Joe Blow Football Show, our survivor segment, giving you our deep picks. And I really encourage you to, to follow along with us and take that information because it's really important when you see two or three clear-cut favorites, everyone's going to be on them. There's a chance, especially earlier in the year here, as teams are still getting their legs on them, defenses are still forming, yada, yada, yada. One of those are going to have an upset. How do you hedge against that other than just being purely lucky? You've got to look a little deeper, okay? Don't always take the chalk and take the, the, the top picks. Try to look a little deeper and try and try to um, you know do that early on in the year. Because when you get to the end of the year, you'll be glad that you saved one or two of those big teams if you can have them in week 15 as opposed to week three, you're better off for it. And also, if you're entering multi-leagues, like we said, multi-entering, not leagues, but multi-entries, multi you get through kind of some of the, the beginning of the year. You, 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 it's nice to have those teams at the end. So I really think that that's a good strategy going forward. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, it's kind of a two-pronged effect. While getting off of some of that chalk early, not only can you avoid it if they lose and a bunch of entries get knocked out, but then that's a team you'll have later in the year that most people don't have. And so that's what I mean, kind of about taking chances early. It actually improves your leverage and gives you more optionality later in the year. Well, you have more options because if everybody kind of survives the same way through the first 10 weeks, they're all going to have the same options still. So then you're either going to have to just keep eating the chalk or start getting weird, which means, you know, at that point, the end of the season, you'd rather eat the chalk. We know who they are. Some teams aren't going to be motivated to win. So I think that's a, a real important thing right there because it sucks. No one wants to get knocked out in week one, but you know what? It doesn't make a damn difference whether you get knocked out week one, week 10, week 11, week 12. If you don't win, you don't win. If you get knocked out, you get knocked out. So the best way you need leverage is try to have weird shit happen and be left with a lot of options because that gives you time to really play it out and try to be able to use any little edge you have in skill or planning or whatever to try to, you know, get one up on the other couple people that are left in the pool with you. Pretty basic stuff, I think they're not basic, but again, something that if you play this a few times, you kind of start to get the hang of it, especially if you really do survive into the later weeks. It's a completely different game when you're doing it with four entries or five entries left than early in the year where you're doing it with 50 or 200 or something like that. And going into that, I want to say that I say this every year. This isn't really new, but just know your fucking leagues. Like, for instance, what do they do in a tie? 
do they only pay out one place? What happens if you finish the year and there's still people left? You keep going into the playoffs. Does it reset? Is it an automatic split? How do you do that? You need to know the things like that. You know, and you need to know also how is it managed? What website is it in? Make sure it's on the up and up, you know, because a lot of us kind of hey, you an email, oh, join this Survivor League or something like that. Sometimes you cannot get paid out. Sometimes people are doing shady shit. I don't think it happens all the time, but just make sure you know, especially if it's something that's not run through a Yahoo and ESPN and CBS or run your pool, something like that, where it's some kind of email honor system thing. That usually means someone does have access to the picks. You know, I'm not saying don't trust anybody, but just know what you're doing. And if you're getting into a survivor pool, try to, you know, talk to a couple of people who've been in it before. Be like, hey, is this, is this on the up and up? Is it cool? Anything I should know? You know, that kind of thing. And again, also kind of know when you win, when do you get paid? How do they pay you? Are you expected to tip? It's kind of a weird thing, but some sometimes it's like almost, I've seen emails where it's like, you know, suggested gratuity of like 25%. Like, really? Like, I'm just going to give you, 25%, you know, and sometimes people do a lot of work, send out a lot of emails and stuff. I don't mind doing a little something, but yeah, I'm usually maxing at five, 10% or something like that. And even that's a little situational because some people do take money off of the top is a fee to run these pools. So that's the kind of thing you should know. And if someone's doing that, there's definitely no need to offer a tip on top of that if they're already getting paid for their work. You know, this, again, this goes into have a plan part of our strategy, right? And this is part of having a plan is understanding the leagues, how it works, what happens when you win. Um, and, and that's a just as important as, as, as getting lucky and, and having some strategy. Mills, just a couple of more quick thoughts here. Home field advantage, honestly, I don't think it is, you know, it is what it once was, but I would still give it some weight in divisional and rivalry matchups. I don't love taking teams playing on a short week, but that doesn't seem to be an issue for the first month or two of the season. After that, the short week thing really seems to be more pronounced. It, it feels like, you know, guys are so fired up and as healthy as they've been heading into the season, it's really until they start to go through, you know, four to six to eight games of just that grind of, you know, get into a car crash, heal, get into a car crash, heal, you know, that, before it starts to really start to wear on them a little bit, or they start getting banged up a little bit. And now you got to really test the depth of your team. And that's where those short weeks really matter. A guy that maybe he's questionable. And if we play on Sunday, he's going to play, but he didn't get enough treatment. So come Thursday, he's not ready yet. And that, that really stresses some of the teams, I think, when you start to get the normal nicks and knacks. At this point in the season, everybody's got some sort of injury. I mean, I, th I think like it just – you get to the middle end playoffs, like most people are dealing with something. Yeah, it's, and again, we just did – this is just still the first season of the, you know, 18-game regular season and everything. COVID probably isn't going to go away, so this is something that could definitely continue – as we go on and you know those are all kind of good things like i wouldn't just be like staking my claim in any one of them i think those are the kind of things you do when you're down to say you got two or three teams left and you're trying to figure out which one of those you want to use and they seem all pretty equal you want to maybe look at then your home field or what kind of rest they play on if they've played three games in 19 days or something crazy you know there's a stuff like that you can look at injuries on the offensive line never sleep on injuries on the offensive line don't get a lot of pubs. Sometimes those can be huge. As we say, we saw with the uh, the Bucks when Tristan Worse went on, all of a sudden the Eagles had a pass rush. It, they're all related. So just make sure that you're always on top of the latest news and everything like that, especially again in the COVID era where you're seeing all these teams now have players go in, go out, they're on the list, off the list. You have the guys going on IR, back off IR. You just have to you know pay attention to that. And I would say again, I learned one thing this year, just don't trust the rookie quarterbacks. 
try not to trust the rookie head coaches. If it's a rookie coach with a rookie quarterback, run away. Like Monty Python, just just it's like it's got sharp pointy teeth and just 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 be out. Don't mess with that. And I would also say that given like what you said, especially the longer season, the COVID thing, I'll lean a little bit more towards taking teams that have excellent depth as opposed to teams with like really top heavy rosters. Like we see with the Rams, with the Chiefs, where we saw that with the Rams this one year, we saw this with the Chiefs too, where Kelsey went out, Hill went out. They lose like two, three guys, man. They're dead in the water basically. So I think just something to consider assuming that 2022 is going to look an awful lot like 2021. Yeah, no, you're, you're spot on there. Guys, this has been a ton of fun. Uh, we, we appreciate everyone for watching, liking, subscribing, surviving with us. We hope that we helped you either win your Survivor League or give them hell in the attempt. Hopefully you learned something, made some money, and had a shitload of fun while you were doing it. This has been the Joe Blow Football Show. Don't you worry. We'll be back right here for the 2022 season on Survivor, presented by these beautiful, fine folks of the Joe Blow Football Show. And we'll also be releasing the show in a podcast form. In the meantime, Magna Mills will tell you where you can find all of our other stuff that we'll be doing until it's time for the 2022 edition of Survivor. Don't worry, we'll keep your beak wet all off-season long. Magna Mills, tell them what's up. The easiest thing to do to find all of our stuff is just go to joeblowfootballshow.com. I'll bring you right to our YouTube page. From there, if you could please like this video and subscribe, helps us out a lot. And then you'll never miss any of our free content. If you don't like it, simply unsubscribe, no big deal. We're on social media at Joe Blow Show. That's Twitter, Instagram, all the good stuff. You can find all of our fantasy football, DFS, dynasty, and wagering content at Seize the Gap FF on social media sites. We've been covering the latest season of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia on our podcast, The Night Pod Cometh. Find it on your favorite podcast streaming platform by searching for Night Pod Cometh. And we're about to cover the upcoming fourth season of Ozark, the series from Netflix. Find that on your favorite podcast streaming platform by searching for The Ozark Podcast. I'm Magna Mills. That's Jamie G. The season might be over, but even in your regular life, it doesn't hurt to have a plan and get lucky. No, it does not. Yeah, in 2022. Here's to you. This has been the Seize the Gap Fantasy Football Podcast presented by the Joe Blow Football Show. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Any views or opinions expressed here are personal and do not represent those of people, institutions, or organizations who may or may not be associated with the Joe Blow Football Show. If you have any questions, please contact us at seizethegapff at gmail.com. Seize the Gap, F is in Frank, F is in Frank at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and please remember to like, subscribe, and comment.